The first reading is taken from the 45th chapter of Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you, you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the fa- famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you for a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide you for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And he kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Here ends the first reading. I will now read Psalm 37 responsibly. Do not be provoked by evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and find safe pasture. Commit your way to the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord and see what God will do. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Do not be provoked by the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord shall possess the land. But the lowly shall possess the land, they will delight in abundance of peace. You, O Lord, will help them and rescue them. You will rescue them from the wicked and deliver them. Because in you they seek refuge. 
Um, we will now read the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? For what you sow, so does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps, of wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown in perishable, what is raised in imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus as it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, but is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Here ends the second reading. If you are able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. 
a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Congregation may be seated. I'd like to invite the children down for a moment. Well, good morning, boys and girls. How are you today? Yeah. Quiet, huh? (laughs) Did anyone watch the Super Bowl last week? You did. Have some good food? No? Oh. Brian's slacking, huh? Okay. All right. Well, um, boys and girls, I just wanted to ask a question. Um, Way back when I was in school, a long time ago, back in the Stone Age, Troy brought a dinosaur to remind me of that. But um, we had a lot of rules when I was in school. Do you guys have any rules in your classrooms? Like, what, what, can someone tell me what are some of the rules you have? You can't, you can't blow bubbles with bubble gum, especially if you have a mask on. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. You can't have any gum. In, in, your, in Brady's class. <laughs> what other rules do you have at school? Any more? No running in the hallways? Yeah. Any others? Don't speak over anybody. You have to wait your turn. So now there's one rule. We had all those same rules when I was a kid mostly too. But uh, there's one rule that um, is very famous. It's well known all around the world. And Jesus talked about this rule today, very briefly. It's called the golden rule. Does anyone know what that is? (laughs) Yeah, treat others the way you want to be treated. You, you, You nailed it, Ashley. You crushed it. So the golden rule here, Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And all the different religions in the world, um, Christianity and Judaism and Buddhism and Islam, everyone teaches this rule. But unfortunately, people don't always follow it. Uh, but what does it mean to, to do to others as you would have them do to you? What, is that, what does that rule mean? Any ideas? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So for example, does anyone here like being yelled at? <laughs> No? (laughs) So you probably shouldn't yell at people, right? Does anyone like being picked on? No. You do? All right. (laughs) Yes, Nathan. Let's come back to that. Just hold that thought. The point is, Jesus tells us that we should follow the golden rule. We should treat other people the way that we want them to treat us. And that's one way that people can know that we're also the followers of Jesus. So you're going to hear a little bit more about this today in, in Sunday school. Um, do you all remember what, the, what I told you the pastor's wives are called in Namibia? Tanda, it means auntie. So Auntie Lorencia is somewhere back there. <laughs> and she has a Sunday school lesson for you kids today. So let's, let's say a quick prayer together. 
Uh, dear God, um, we thank you for your son, Jesus, our Lord. We pray that you will help us to follow him always. Um, I thank you for these children, for their gifts of faith and, for, and faithfulness. And we pray, Lord, that you will help all of us to follow the golden rule and to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Okay, thanks, boys and girls. You can head out that way. <clears throat> the confirmation students have to hear this twice, but uh, <laughs> I don't usually do New Year's resolutions. But this year, I set out to do a New Year's resolution, which was to read the entire Bible in a year. Um, of course, with my undergrad and seminary, I've read the whole Bible before, but never had I set out to read it like every, every day <laughs> and have, have the whole book read in a year. And um, so that's been a fun experience. It's usually like two or three Old Testament uh, chapters and then there's like one New Testament chapter and then a little bit from the book of Psalms or Proverbs. So you're not just reading it Genesis to Revelation. That's not the most uh, necessarily fulfilling way. But uh, the reason I mention that is because it was back in January as I was working my way through the book of Genesis that I read the story of Joseph, Joseph in Egypt, um, which Ashley read us the ending of earlier uh, just a few moments ago. And I'd like to talk about that story just, just for a little bit because it's, it's really one of the very best stories um, in the whole Bible, um, basically explaining how it is that the Israelites wound up in Egypt, um, where they lived for 400 years um, as, as slaves to Pharaoh before Moses led them to the Promised Land. So just a quick history lesson or a quick crash course, but remember, of course, in Genesis, we have the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and Jacob was later known as Israel, and he had 12 sons, right? And they became the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, 12 sons and one daughter, Dina. However, those 12 sons and one daughter were not born to one woman, uh, but he had four, four wives, Leah, uh, Zilpah, Bilhah, and Rachel. So Leah, the first wife, she had six sons and a daughter, and then all the other two, or all the other three wives had two sons each. And Rachel, she had sons number 11 and 12, which were Joseph and Benjamin. Are you still with me? <laughs> okay, so Joseph and Benjamin were the last two. But if you think about this, what that means is that they were, all, they were mostly half-brothers. I mean, Joseph had, Joseph had 10 half-brothers and one, one full brother. But for whatever reason, um, the Bible tells us that, that, um, that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, that he was the favorite son uh, because he was the son of his old age. I guess Benjamin, for some reason, was less likable than, than Joseph. Um, but Joseph was Jacob's favorite. And so jo uh, Jacob gave him, the Bible says, a coat, a robe with long sleeves and um, over time, people took some creative license with that. You might remember back in the, those of you who, who lived through the 70s, if you remember much from that era, <laughs> it 
There was that musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat by Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and Tim Rice. But um, jo Jacob gave him a coat of uh, a robe with long sleeves, and Joseph was the favorite. But Joseph was a little bit, uh, I don't know what to say, he was a little bit of a tattletale for one thing. Apparently one time the brothers did not do a good job tending the sheep, and he told his father that, hey, those guys aren't doing a good job. So the brothers resented him for that. But what they really resented Joseph for was that he started having these dreams. And he had one dream where they were all gathering sheaves of, of wheat. And in the dream, his, his sheaf of wheat was raised up and all the other sheaves of wheat bowed down to his sheaf of wheat. So he told the brothers and they said, oh, so you think we're gonna bow down to you? Is that what you think, Mr. Smart Guy? And they disliked him even more. And then he had a second dream in which he was standing there and the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed down to him. And he told this to his whole family. And even his father, Jacob, said, you know, you think that me, your mother, and your 11 brothers are all gonna bow down to you, and it ain't gonna happen. So quit with the dreaming here, okay? Because we're all getting fed up of this, right? So the Bible tells us that they hated, uh, the brothers at least, hated Joseph. So one day, all the other brothers were out tending the sheep. Joseph was at home. And his father says, go join your brothers. Um, go with them in, in the field and, and watch the, the livestock. So when the brothers see Joseph coming, they see him coming from a distance. And they say, here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and get rid of him. And Reuben, the firstborn brother, says, let us not kill him. Let us just throw him in a pit. <laughs> and, and he's singing to himself, I'll, I'll save him later. <laughs> um, but as they, they throw him in a pit, they strip him of his robe, his, his, his robe with long sleeves. And then they have a great idea. They see, some, they see a caravan coming along. And they say, here's a better idea. Let's sell him to these guys on the caravan. And so they, they drag him out of the pit, and for 20 pieces of silver, they sell Joseph to these traders who take him to Egypt, right? And so they take the, they take the coat, the robe with long sleeves, uh, they, they kill a goat, put it in the goat's blood, and they go home to Jacob and say, oh my gosh, look what happened to your, is this your son's, is this your son's robe? They don't say our brother. <laughs> they say, is this your son's robe? And he says, oh my gosh, my son is dead, and he's so sad and grieves and all these things. And um, so they, they go on living there in Canaan um, without Joseph. So meanwhile, Joseph has been sold into the home. Uh, he was sold to a man named Potiphar, who is the captain of Pharaoh's guard, right? So he's like the, the head of the imperial guard or whatever it is there in Egypt. And Joseph's smart, so Potiphar puts him in charge of the whole household, and uh, he does a good job. Everything, Joseph's a really good manager and things are going well. And the Bible also tells us that Joseph was handsome and good looking. So before long, the wife of Potiphar starts having eyes for Joseph. And she keeps coming up to him and tempting him, proposing to him that they should commit adultery. <laughs> she tries to have an inappropriate relationship with him. And, and Joseph keeps rebuffing her and saying, no, how could I do that? No, I mean, uh, Potiphar has been so good to me. Please stop, leave me alone. And she keeps coming to him and saying, lie with me um, when Potiphar is not there. So one day, uh, Potiphar is not there. She, she runs up to him and says, lie with me. And 
He says no, and she grabs him by the coat, <laughs> trying to get a hold of him. And so he shimmies out of his cloak and runs away. And what does she do? She takes, the, she takes his robe and says, this Israelite tried to take advantage of me. And when I yelled, he ran off leaving his robe behind. So she tells this lie about him. When Potiphar hears this, he gets very angry and he throws Joseph into prison. So things are not going well for Joseph. <laughs> so he's in prison and uh, before long, um, he's, there are some other prisoners, two of whom the Pharaoh has put in jail. One is the Pharaoh's cupbearer, the guy who sort of pours the wine and gets the food for Pharaoh. And the other is Pharaoh's baker, the chief baker. And these guys ha start having some unusual dreams, um, which I'll, I'll skip a little bit that part. But Joseph says, oh, I'm pretty good at interpreting dreams. And uh, tell them to me. So they tell him their dreams. And then Joseph says, wow, this is what they mean. He says to the cupbearer, he says, you're, you're going to, in three days, you're going to go back to your job. You're going to be Pharaoh's cupbearer. And everything's going to be great for you. And the baker says, oh, goody. All right, what do you have for me? And he says, uh, sorry, bad news. In three days, the Pharaoh's going to hang you. <laughs> He's going to execute you. Sorry, uh, but you asked. And that's what's going to happen. And sure enough, um, three days later, the cupbearer is back uh, doing his job for Pharaoh. And three days later, the baker is executed by Pharaoh. So um, several years go by. Several years go by. Joseph is still in prison. And then one day, the Pharaoh wakes up. He had a very disturbing dream in the night in which he was standing by the Nile River and seven fat, sleek cows came out of the river and were frolicking around and having a good life. And then seven sickly, skinny, lean cows came out of the river and ate the fat cows, right? And Pharaoh was very upset by this, and it was, it was bothering him, and he, was, he kept asking, telling everyone about the dream. And the cupbearer says, oh, wait a minute, I know a guy. I know a guy who's pretty good at interpreting dreams. We were in prison together. So they bring Joseph out of the prison, Pharaoh explains the dream, and Joseph says, this is what you got to do. There's going to be seven good years, seven abundant years with plenty of food for everyone. So you got to save up all the food that you can. And then there'll be seven years of famine, and the land's going to be decimated for seven years. So you need to appoint someone who's very good at managing things to be in charge of Egypt and get ready for this famine. And so Pharaoh says, okay, well, I heard you were pretty good at managing things. So he puts Joseph in charge of all the land of Egypt. Now this time, Joseph, I forgot to mention, he was 17 when his brothers threw him in the pit. And now he's like 40 years old. <laughs> so that's how much time has gone by. So Joseph is put in charge of all of Egypt. He's number two. And he does a great job. They save up plenty of food. And when the famine comes, they are prepared. Um, there's plenty of food in the land of Egypt, but the famine has spread well past the borders of Egypt. It has even gone to Canaan. And so Joseph's 11 brothers and their whole family, they are hungry and they are starving for food. And they say, let us go down to Egypt because we hear that there's food down there. So long story short, <laughs> the brothers all go down to Egypt seeking food. And they do not recognize Joseph um, when he sees them. And he sort of plays around with them for a little bit. Um, he toys with them. 
um, perhaps maybe hoping that they will recognize him. And eventually, I'll, I, I'll spare you some of the details, but Joseph reveals his identity. And that was the passage Ashley read so nicely. I am Joseph, your brother. <laughs> Is my father still alive? And he's so overjoyed to see them, all his brothers, that he weeps and, and kisses them. And the brothers are a little bit afraid because they're like, oh man, this guy's probably pretty angry at us. Um, they are afraid and expecting Joseph to, to punish them. And then, of course, what happens is that they all bow down before him, fulfilling the dreams that he had predicted at, at the beginning of the story. But, um, of course, Joseph does not take revenge on his brothers. He welcomes them. They go bring their father, Jacob, down into Egypt, where he, he lives for the remainder of his life. Um, and he dies in Egypt. And so the story has a happy ending. And, uh, you know, Joseph says, you guys... You know, you intended to harm me, but God ended up using this for me to deliver you, to save you. And uh, it's a reminder that God can take something truly terrible, a terrible situation, and turn it into something good. Um, a situation in which violence and hatred and jealousy is, is used to save and preserve life um, and to, to bring reconciliation to the family. But just ask yourself for a moment, I mean, what would you have done if you were in Joseph's shoes? <laughs> what would you have done if you had been in prison for years, right? Thrown into a pit, <laughs> sold for 20 pieces of silver. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know if I had been stewing away in prison for years and years, because I only have two sisters, because <laughs> my sisters had sold me into slavery, I can guarantee you I have been plotting my revenge for years and years, um, eagerly waiting to carry it out. But then, you know, Joseph, he did the exact opposite. I mean, he forgave his brothers and was happy to see them. Um, and so the reason I mention this whole story again, it's one of the best stories in the, old, in, in the whole Bible, not just the Old Testament, but, you know, Jesus tells us to love our enemies, um, to pray for those who persecute us, right? To give money to people that we know cannot pay us back, right? These are very, very difficult things to do. Um, but this is the life that, that God has called us to as Christians. Um, sure, we will fail at times. You know, we, we sometimes lose our, our temper. Um, we're sometimes stingy. Sometimes we, we bear a grudge. Um, I can still remember the boy who in second grade broke my hamburger wristwatch that I had. <laughs> he like flipped up the hamburger and there was a time underneath and I still remember, I won't name his name, but I, I have a few grudges I've, I have from over the years. Um, but no one did anything to me like what Joseph's brothers did to him and yet he was able to forgive them. So my purpose in mentioning all this is not to lay a guilt trip on you about how you should forgive everyone but I think we have to realize that the God that we are called to serve is a God about forgiveness and healing and reconciliation. Um, the brothers went to Egypt desperate to get food, uh, desperate to live, and when they got there, their forgiveness was already waiting for them. Joseph had already forgiven them before they, before they even know, knew who he was, right? And the fact is, God has already forgiven us for all of our sins, um, it doesn't always feel that way, but on the cross, Jesus forgave the whole world. He opened his arms to all people, 
And so the question now is, what do we do now that we have been freed and forgiven by God's grace? Um, How do we live into that forgiveness? It's often been said that uh, much of life is out of our hands. That is certainly true. Um, And oftentimes, the only thing we we can control is how we react to certain situations. So my prayer for all of us is that we might follow the example of Joseph um, and put Jesus' words into actions in our daily lives. Now, um, going back to to what I said just a moment ago, um, for those of you who might remember uh, the musical, um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, it it came out in the early 70s. And maybe you're thinking, well, Pastor Dave, that was, people were better back then. That was a better time back then. It was easier to be more forgiving back then, and everyone was, everything was better back in the 70s. Is that the case? <laughs> and I was reading about what happened, what was going on in the world, the years when, when the musical came out. Um, of course, in 1972, uh, we had the Munich Olympics uh, with the Israeli athletes that were killed by terrorists. Um, we have our own Olympic Games going on right now. But there was that incident in Munich in 1972, Uh, 1972, the United States was still fighting the Vietnam War. I think that was the year that there was like a protest of 100,000 people in Washington, D.C. It was just a couple years after the death of Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy. So we still had the civil rights tensions. uh, Racial tension was very strong in the country. Um, There was a small incident at the Watergate Hotel in 1972 that had some major ramifications for our nation. But my point is, is that um, I know right now is a tough time in these United States with some of the divisions the pandemic has brought to light, divisions in our communities, divisions in our families. Um, a lot of, it's, it's, it's tough times uh, with the inflation right now, the economy. Um, but who will the people be that will turn this around? <laughs> Who are the people that can bring the forgiveness and reconciliation and healing that the world so desperately needs? So that's, that was a rhetorical question, but I was hoping someone was going to stand up and say, it'll be me, <laughs> right? But uh, it's us. It's us. Um, it's the people of God that have been called to be like Joseph and, and to be like Jesus. So yes, these are tough times. These are tough times, but the nation has been here before. Uh, the world has been here before, too. Um, I forgot to mention back in the, I was reading earlier, back in the 70s, it was all about the, there was so much about the violence in Northern Ireland, um, violence in India and Pakistan. So it wasn't just the United States. Um, but uh, brothers and sisters, it might seem like your actions on a daily basis don't have a big impact. But it only takes one person. It just took one person, Joseph, to save all of Egypt. <laughs> So you never know what God working through you might do. I hope you all have a joyous and blessed week, and may God bless you all. Amen.